0: A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. Let me tell you a story. My friend's son was very hyperactive. He got distracted so easily and fought with other kids at school often. It took my friend years trying to figure out what's going on with him and what may be helpful. She took him to so many doctors for testing and treatment, but she got this feeling that something was still missing. Something was still not right. Guess what? Eventually, their new pediatrician happened to have some sleep-related training and started to suspect sleep disorders. After more checkups, he was diagnosed with obstructive sleep apnea, OSA. So, after treatment for that, he actually performed much, much better. You may find this shocking, but this actually is a reality for a lot of families and children out there. So today, our guest, Dr. Magna Destiny, will explain what are some risk factors parents really should look out for, and how to detect children's sleep problems early on. Hi, welcome Dr. Dassani to Deep Into Sleep podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. So excited to be here and to get to chat
0: with you. Me too. So I know we have talked about something about children's sleep in this podcast before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Based on my own limited knowledge, I think when children have some sleep challenges, it may look very different than adults.
1: Is that right? Oh my gosh. Yes. I cannot stress that enough. You know, I'm fond of telling um, the patients, parents that we see within the practice, and you know this, when adults present with sleep disordered breathing, you know, with sleep apnea, any such challenges, we can typically fit them into a box, right? They snore, choking and gasping for breath. They have daytime sleepiness, But with children, you could have five kids with seven different symptoms, and they could all be positive for sleep apnea or sleep disordered breathing. And I find the biggest challenge that we see as caregivers, as parents, as healthcare professionals too, is a lot of it sometimes gets swept under the rug because we think they're going to outgrow it. They're just being a kid they're tired they woke up on the wrong side of the bed without actually attributing to what is it that's causing this so yes absolutely right completely different presentation
0: wow that's amazing to think about each child going to look so different and parents may just not check them up they may not even think about that sleep related
1: Right, right. So for example, you know, I tell every parent this snoring is never normal. It's never cute. Uh, When you notice your child, and they may not be snoring, and I say this in air quotes, but if you hear that loud breathing at night, or you notice your child sleeping with their mouth open, because they're having a hard time breathing through their nose, Get it checked out. And I tell parents this, you know, we're constantly taking pictures of our kids, right? We always have our phones on the ready and we're taking videos and photos. Record that. Record your child sleeping and breathing differently and take it to your doctors. It could be the ENT, It could be the pediatrician. It could be their primary care physician. It could even be their dentist, Have them look at it because unless we see what you're seeing, there is no way for us to help you connect the dots. Or it could be a child that is still bedwetting and this is not just your two or three-year-old that is regressing potty training. This is your older child. When you have a six, seven, eight, in my practice, the oldest kid we've seen is 16 that is still wetting the bed. Now, you and I both know this is not a child that's lazy or doesn't want to use the bathroom. Or we know that parents and kids and even their doctors have done everything that they could do, right, to figure it out. Let's try to find that missing piece. So it could be that that is causing that bedwetting in the kids. ADD, ADHD, the signs and symptoms of a child that is sleep deprived are the exact same. As a child with ADD, ADHD, let's get their sleep evaluated. Kids with frequent ear infections, kids that are mouth breathing. So many little things that we can actually help connect the dots for these parents to be able to say, maybe it is the sleep that is playing a role in this.
0: Wow. Without knowing all this, I would not think about sleep at all. So. When you talk about that, I was wondering, is this any type of sleep problem, especially sleep-related breathing difficulties, very common among children?
1: Yes and no. It depends on a lot of factors. Kids are still growing. Sometimes that airway is much narrower than it needs to be if we have children that suffer from allergies, it could be food allergies, it could be environmental allergies, and nasal breathing isn't consistent for that child. What are they now doing? They're breathing through their mouth. Well, we gotta breathe, right? So they're breathing through their mouth. Now, we know that the nose does the job of purifying the air, it filters it, humidifies it, It evens out the flow into the lungs. Well, all that is not happening right now. So, when we're mouth breathing, it's the tonsils. The tonsils now get roped into this. It's like, come on, like it or not, you're going to catch all the viruses and the pollen and everything. And now we tend to see those tonsils start to enlarge. And this now creates an obstruction at the upper airway. Enlarged tonsils are the most common reason for sleep disorder breathing in kids. So I tell parents this all the time. Well, when they're in our chair, in the dental chair, getting their teeth cleaned, getting their checkups done, it's easy for us to look at it and say, hey, you know, we're looking at your tongue, your teeth, your gums, look a little further. We're gonna evaluate your mouth and go see an ENT. If we see that, let's work with your doctors. Let's get the allergies addressed. Look, get the tonsils and adenoids evaluated. So we want to make sure that all of this is being, we're guiding parents into where do their kids need to go? Because the way I look at it for children, it's truly a team, right? It's not just one person that is able to take care of them. It's usually the ENT, the neurologist, the pediatrician, uh, the dentist, all of us have to come together to help them get that to that level that they need. Wow. So it sounds like the parents need to have some basic idea
0: what to look out for. And then they can start bringing the children to different doctors to
1: have different checkups. Absolutely. And then I also believe that, you know, talking to a dentist, because now it's becoming more common that parents will go, wait, but you're the dentist. Uh, you should be cleaning their teeth and looking for cavities. Where's this airway talk coming from? And why are you asking me if my child wets his bed? Like they get so confused sometimes. And that's where we come in with the education. It's like, this is where your airway begins. And a lot of times, yes, we guide them to the different providers, but we can use their growth spurts. We can actually direct growth of their craniofacial complex to widen the airways. We're giving them a better start in life. We're giving them a healthier start in life. Because if that child has a coffee stirrer for an airway, I truly want a smoothie straw, don't I? I want a wide, big airway that's letting them get all the air that they need. So I tell parents this, talk to all the providers. There is no right, there is no wrong. You never know who's going to be able to connect the dots to go, this is what might be happening. This is what we can do to help them.
0: Wow. So what are some signals you notice parents often missing that they never really connect to sleep?
1: The biggest one I find is mouth breathing. And I tell parents this, you know, when I walk into a room for patients in our office, parents are allowed to be in the room when the child is getting their treatment done, their teeth cleaned, And I almost want to interact with the parents first, because what do our kids do nowadays? They're staring at their phones. They're staring at their iPads, laptops, whatever it may be. And if I see them with that open mouth posture, I immediately bring that to the parents' attention and say, hey, is this normal for them? Because remember, normal oral posture has to be lips together, breathing through the nose. And the tongue resting passively in the roof of the mouth. If that child is sitting with their mouth open, because now it is their habitual posture, this just tells me those lips aren't together. They're breathing through their mouth, which also means they're not breathing through their nose. And if their mouth is open, that tongue is not resting up in the palate. The tongue is a natural expander, natural retainer, which then tells me. If they don't already have it, they may be on the way to some form of developmental issues that's going to impact their airway. So the easiest one for parents to notice, and which, like you asked, which I find they may miss, is this, the mouth breathing. Snoring is another big one because most of our kids sleep in their own rooms. You know, kids' rooms are upstairs, parents' rooms are downstairs, doors are closed, kids are doing what they want to do. We never truly notice if they're snoring or if the child is a messy sleeper. So if you have a child that moves around a lot in bed, starts in one position and ends up in another position, pillows are all over the place, blankets are entangled on the floor. If we have a messy sleeper, That needs to be a cause for concern because that is what you and I would call arousals, right? That is their brain waking them up, going, "Uh, child, at some point, you're not getting the oxygen you need. Let's get you moving so you're breathing better. So these are little things that parents, and most parents will notice that when I start to ask them questions, is your child a messy sleeper? Oh, my God. Yes, dog. Their pillow is on the floor when they wake up in the morning. It's like the sheets are entangled. So these are little things that I find parents miss a lot.
0: Wow, that's very interesting. So not only observe what their children do during sleep, but also during the daytime. Right. There are like, especially the mouth breathing you're talking about. You can observe that from a child when they are just playing, when they are in their Doing
1: homework. Yeah. yeah, Watching TV, playing their handheld video games. um, Or if you have a child that has trouble focusing. Right? They can't focus at school. We're constantly getting notes from the teacher. Handwriting is bad. Uh, Little Johnny doesn't get along with his friends. He's always fighting on the playground. Those should be little clues that we should be able to connect and say, maybe it's a little more than, oh, he's just a kid, connecting those dots and seeing what it is that we could do to help these kids.
0: That's so interesting. You mentioned that. That's remind me of some articles I read before about for kids with ADHD, for example, if they sleep poorly for whatever reason, they have poor sleep quality and then their ADHD symptom gonna get worse. But rarely we will think about, wow, improving sleep actually can help them reduce the symptoms. And even misdiagnose sometimes happen during, amongst children with poor sleep.
1: Right. Right. Because we don't know, is it, are they just tired or is it true ADHD? It's easier sometimes to think that medication is the answer when you and I both know for ADHD, it's the stimulants that they get. And these kids, if they're ones that need to sleep, the stimulant is not the answer.
0: Right. And very interesting. Many years ago, when I learned that actually for children, when they are not getting enough sleep, they tend to get hyperactive.
1: Yes, because you and I, we get tired. I'm like, oh my God, I'm tired. Just leave me alone. And what do our children do, right? They're bouncing off the walls. They're like, what can I do? Running from here to there, touching everything. They want to get into everything. So they react the exact opposite. And what do we think? My child's hyper. My child cannot focus. Well, same thing. We're missing that connection for those kids
0: right so while talking about this i'm wondering what are some negative consequences children and parents are gonna face if they miss the signals if they did not check it up you know they did not really catch the signals and just uh, figuring it
1: out so if we're missing this you know for whatever reason it doesn't get addressed um doesn't get diagnosed doesn't get caught what I find is that these kids aren't getting enough oxygen to the brain. Bottom line is that. um, Their airways are narrow, they're stopping breathing, they're either having apneas, which is complete stopping of breathing, or hypopneas, which is partial, but it's still an obstruction, and their brain isn't getting enough oxygen. All of those neurotransmitters that need to be replenished, those aren't being topped off. Growth hormone, which is released in the brain during deep sleep. That doesn't happen. So the kids are not truly reaching their full growth potential. IQ starts to suffer. They can't pay attention in school. So are they then truly learning? That emotional development, being able to control your emotions, learning how to um, deal with things. You and I both know when we're tired, we don't make the best choices. And it's the same for our children. They never get to that point of development. So it does impact growth as in physical, but also mental and emotional development as well.
0: Wow. Sounds like there's quite a lot of consequences possibly going to be in the picture. Right. Right. Yeah, I I have a colleague who is also studying sleep Mm -hmm. and he is actually really funny. He studied uh, sleep during graduate school. He did not know any of this before because we are both psychologists. So did not go through medical school. So when he find out, wow, so during our deep sleep stage, Mm -hmm. our body released growth hormone when we were Mm -hmm. children. So Mm -hmm. he start thinking, Wow, I'm not tall enough right now. Is that because I had really poor sleep back then? Because turned out he he's one of those children, never got diagnosed, but during adulthood, find out he has OSA.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there we go. He can attribute that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is really cool
0: line of work you're doing. So do you work with children and parents a lot on your daily uh, clinical?
1: practice? I do. So I'm a general dentist. So we see ages zero to 100. Anybody that has a jaw, you don't need to have teeth are welcome in our practice. And yes, we work with kids, we work with adults, see a lot of parents that are concerned about this. And pediatric OSA is one of those things where, you know, as a mom, you have this instinct. When you know something just isn't right with your child, when your child isn't sleeping well, or you're just not getting the right answers. And we'll see parents that are like, I know something's wrong. I know my child. So we do see a lot of parents that are looking for answers. And sometimes, yes, it is it is sleep. So we, we work with adults. We work with kids. Um, just whoever we can help feel better. Wow.
0: So as a dentist who knows sleep very well, uh, when do you think parents can get started? Because our listeners, for example, they are listening to this, they start thinking about their own kids. Do you suggest them to go to a dentist or go to any of the providers you mentioned? What's the difference if they see different providers?
1: Um, It really doesn't matter who they see as long as the kids are getting evaluated. When we have a mom that has a newborn, so this is why I say kids from zero to 100, when you have a mom that has a newborn, in newborns, the reflux, the gassiness, the colic, the spit up can be signs that that child isn't able to breathe the way it needs to. If mom has trouble nursing, if breastfeeding is painful, if the child has trouble latching on, those are signs of a tongue tie where the frenum that's below the tongue is not attached, is attached too tight, basically. Um, Or the frenum under the upper lip is attached too tight. The baby isn't able to latch on correctly. That can be the first sign, the first symptom that we can have a baby or a mom bring their child in with. Remember that tongue needs to rest in the roof of the mouth. When this child has this frenum that is tight, yes, they're not able to nurse, which we all need food, they're growing, um, but it also tells us that that tongue is not going to be able to rest in the roof of the mouth, that palatal growth is not going to happen. So it's not uncommon to see moms bring their children in for a phrenectomy to get that laser, the lip tie or the tongue tie, uh, released using a laser. Uh, That's how young we can actually start to see these kids and to help them. So if you are a mom that is struggling with nursing, breastfeeding, um, you know your baby has trouble latching, work with your lactation consultant. talk to your pediatrician, it's your dentist or your ENT that's going to be able to help to release that. Then we also see older kids, same problem. Maybe this got, the the tongue tie got, didn't get diagnosed, but now this child has trouble with speech. So now they're seeing their speech pathologist. They're seeing an SLP because they cannot form those words right. Same thing. If that tongue needs to be addressed, they come see us. When we are evaluating these children, there are other clues that we pick up as dentists or the hygienists will pick up, which will tell us hey, growth and development isn't going the way it needs to go. What can we do to now use these growth spurts to direct growth? Does the mandible need to move a different way? Does that upper jaw need to be expanded? Do they need to work with a myofunctional therapist? So that is where we can guide them into go see your ENT or no, we can help or no, go see a lactation consultant. So I almost liken it to the dentist being like the quarterback. We tell, you know, we can guide. We're not able to do everything, but whatever we can help, we can help with, but we can also guide parents into this is what your child truly needs. That's wonderful at least to
0: for the parents to get started somewhere. Yes, And then one provider going to lead to another one. It's a great teamwork. So eventually exactly. they can find the correct, uh, helpful
1: resource for them. Because at the end of the day, it's about making that child feel better, sleep better, breathe better, so they can grow to their full potential. And most of us that are in this, where we're doing airway for kids, we build a team around us. I have ENTs. I have cardiologists. I have neurologists that I work with. I have my functional therapist that I work with. And we can guide the patients into, go see this doctor. Go see your pediatrician. Sometimes it's, go see a pediatrician. I feel that is of great help to parents.
0: Yes, wonderful. So for parents, if they want to know more about their children's sleep and breathing disorders, What are some good resources? What are some good information they can read about, they can
1: find more about? So I have a ton of information on my website. It is Megnadasani.com. simple. I do have a book that will be releasing February 28th, which is in a couple of days. Wow, Um, yes, yes. it's coming out. Yes, and that is meant to be a resource for everyday people. For parents, educators, husbands, wives, grandparents, whoever may be concerned about sleep disordered breathing for their family. Um, And that was the goal with that book. It's like, let's have a resource where people can try to understand what it is that could be going on. That way, they know what questions to ask. That way, they know who to seek answers from, what their steps may involve, and what doctors can help them. So that is the main goal with that.
0: Wow. That sounds like a very useful book to, to have for a lot of people and especially parents. Yes. Is that your book targeting pediatric sleep disorders?
1: Uh, Pediatrics as well, but I talk about adults as well, because Mm -hmm. what are the chances that my own journey actually started with um, wanting to help adult patients? And as I helped adults, I had other eye-opening experiences where I realized we're missing all these kids that could have potentially been helped. All these adults could have been helped as kids. Um, And that was what led me down another rabbit hole into um, helping kids. So it is a resource for everybody, be it adults, be it kids. But yes, I do go into great detail about all of those age groups, actually.
0: Wow. That's so important. Just remind me of my other colleagues who treat uh, OSA using different methods. Sometimes they are treating people who just got diagnosed over the, at their 50s. So their whole life, basically, they never knew this is a problem, but they knew something is not quite right right? and but when they were treated even the doctors feels like wow even though you, they can be somewhat treated it's a mm-hmm. little bit too late possibly it's a harm to their body to their brain to their functioning over the years sleep without enough oxygen already accumulated
1: there right but at least they're getting help as opposed to never getting diagnosed so i tell patients this Today is a new day. The day you decide to get help, the day you start feeling better, that is the first day of the rest of your life. So if you have a child or even as an adult, you feel tired, you feel like you're not rested in the morning, kids will come in and tell me, I wake up with a headache. Seek help. Get your sleep evaluated. And at least that way, you know what to do to be able to feel better.
0: Great. So what's the title of your book? We're going to have to look out for that after it's out. Um, It is called Airway is Life. Oh, I love that. Airway Mm -hmm. is Life. Very simple and easy to remember and really eye-catching. It's so important, (laughs) right? Airway is Life.
1: (laughs) You know what we're going to talk about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, wonderful. So it's going to be out, on. I guess people can find it on Amazon?
1: Correct. It will be on Amazon. We'll have a Kindle version as well as a print version for those that actually like holding books, Um, but both will be available February 28th. Wonderful. So near the end of our
0: conversation, you know, if people are listening and they are interested, what is one final wisdom you want to share with everyone listening?
1: I would say ask questions. Don't think that you cannot discuss these concerns with one provider versus another. If you are seeing a healthcare professional and there is a concern, bring it up to them. Ask questions. You never know who's going to be able to help you. And for parents, I always say this if the answer doesn't sit quite right with you, It's okay to get a second opinion. Trust your parental instincts about your children. And it's okay to keep looking for answers until you know that your child is feeling better. So ask questions. Love that.
0: Carry out that curiosity. Don't give up and just ask questions. That's a great start of finding the answers. Yes. Awesome. So if our listeners want to find your practice, do, should they just go to your website?
1: Yes, there is a link to my practice. I practice in Houston, but there is a link to that on MeghnaDosani.com or my practice website is DasaniDentistry.com. They can find all the information on either of those websites.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all this wonderful information with me, with our audience today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. So, if you have children in your family, pay attention to them. Do they have some of the risk factors we discussed about today? If you want to discuss more about sleep, please join our Deep Into Sleep podcast Facebook group and share your thoughts, your stories, or your questions there. What are some sleep disorders you have observed from children around you? Leave me a message and let me know. Thank you for coming to Deep Into Sleep podcast. I'm your host, Ishan, and I will see you next week. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently. And there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on.